Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Oh boy, am I excited for today's episode. <laughs> this, uh, I think, I-, I was joking <laughs> before we started recording, but I don't know if I-, I really was. I almost feel like this should be the last episode ever, because I don't know how you can top uh, the soundtrack it's to so Mega Man classic. and Bass, also known in Japan as Rockman and Forte. Especially for this podcast and for us. I mean, this is a Mercado classic, definitely a top five classic soundtrack. The only time we really focused on it, you know, playing multiple pieces from it was way back in episode four. So it's a long overdue spotlight. And there's tracks on here today that we've literally never played. And what's interesting about Rockman and Forte is I think when it came out, and maybe a couple years after, it was a little bit divisive. It didn't have the sound that the Mega Man series knew before. And I will say that there are some kind of dinky, clunky tracks in the score, but obviously there are some all-time classics as well. Well, and I I don't know that that would be obvious to the average person. I think to people who've been fans of our podcast and to anyone who... Um, some of you might be aware that there's a track from this game that we cover in our live band, uh, yeah. and we've we've celebrated the music to Rockman and Forte over the years. But I think it's kind of a forgotten title to anyone living yeah. in the U.S. You likely only would have played this game when it was ported as Mega Man and Bass on the GBA, and that's unfortunate because the music sounded terrible on that port. Yeah, and I. I think Carl and I were only ever really familiar with this game because, frankly, of the use of emulators like ZSNES. Yeah, that's where what we was were interesting. Able to get is, a ROM of this Japanese-only game. Yeah, we only played game. this game just as much as any of the U.S. Mega Man SNES games. So I found that funny. That, like this was just as classic to us as any of the other soundtracks. Well, and I think what I love about this soundtrack and this game, to me, it it takes the Mega Man formula and expands and goes in a direction further in the same way that, you know, Castlevania four is such a, it, it, it takes what was strong about, you know, the NES trilogy, but moves it to the next generation. And that means that it takes a completely different musical style. Yeah. And I think there's a similar thing that happens with, Mega Man, and to me, Rockman and Forte, or Mega Man and Bass, whatever you want to call it, it really feels like the continuation of what they were doing in like Mega Man 7, where the the music is sort of halfway between rock, but we're starting to get more into like jazz fusion and this quirky, eclectic blend of synth tones. And it, it's very retro. It's very kind of cheesy. But what's incredible about the this particular soundtrack is just how darn jazzy the writing is. Yeah. Some of the really incredible... Uh, just the writing of the the harmonic voicings and the it's very pianistic. A lot of it sounds pretty authentic. It has that, but it also happens to have some of the best melodies ever. I mean, it yeah. has the melody writing is on par with any of the best stuff of the series. So and that's, that's what's why so I cool think this is it. so worthy of Mega Man because it has a yeah. lot of the tracks have that sort of eighties power ballad, really tuneful quality and. You know, 
what's interesting about Mega Man is I think a lot of people have strong opinions about what is the sound of Mega Man, but it's been so many different I things. I think it's, it's different things, yeah. And, and here's the thing is this game was kind of following Mega Man 8. And so we do have to give some credit to Mega Man 8 for setting the tone for this. If there was no Mega Man 8, there would not be Rockman and Forte. And the soundtrack would not sound this way. Uh, because right. Mega Man 8 was kind of the first real departure stylistically for, for the music. So here are the composers. Well, yeah, it's interesting. It's like Mega Man 8 came out, for those of you who don't know, on the PlayStation. And so Rockman and Forte was kind of a... It, it kind it of reused some of the assets time. of it. Yeah, yeah, but it's on the Super Nintendo. So in many ways, the music is uh has that more you know chiptune sound to it i guess so this game came out for the super famicom in 1998 it was of course a capcom game and the three composers that worked on it were toshihiko horiyama naoshi mizuta and akari kaida so what you guys heard playing in was uh a medley and we have a few of these medleys today because there's a lot of short pieces of music on the score that was title and file select and we're going to now move on to another medley of short pieces. It's character select and stage select. Uh, what do you say, Will? Should we dive into Rockman and Forte now? Let's do it. I, I was saying to Carl, I already have this music in my head, and we haven't even started <laughs> listening to it. So iconic. All right. Uh, it'll be fun to play some tracks we haven't played, uh, and I think this is an example. Character select and stage select. Here we go. interesting uh this that you're hearing right now is the stage select it was preceded by the character select it's clear that the stage select is intended to be heard for like two seconds three seconds because it's incredibly short it's a little on the annoying side um but that character select is really groovy and definitely sets the tone uh for the soundtrack i love the bass writing in particular it's this deceptive form where it's like a two second form but then the second repetition it adds this really cool kind of bass fill. It, it's it's a cool little character selection. It's incredible, and it, it's very much. Uh, it it does a great job of hinting at the opening stage themes groove, which uh, it, it's like a classic video game technique where it feels like the whole opening of the game is almost a riff on similar musical material. Right. I mean, I think the the um, sort of stage select music in Star Fox, you know, where you hear that sort of light version of the main theme, uh, the Super Nintendo version I'm talking about, but yeah, yeah, even yeah. Star Fox 64 also has, I think, a great way of introducing its melodic themes early on. And I feel like, you know, we don't get a sense of the melody, but this sort of groove-based, this planing fusion-y chords, it also really reminds me of Mario Kart 64 like the dun, dun, yeah dun, for sure dun, 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 dun. And, and kind of a similar era i think this is actually yeah. <laughs> crazy enough this is after that that game came out so all right well 
And it's perfect. We were talking so much last week about menu music uh, with the yes. Gran Turismo series and the idea of this sort of almost smooth jazz being so good for menu music because it just feel good. The thing that I want to talk about with these two tracks and why they distinguish is the character select, I think, is about player empowerment honestly you're choosing yeah. do you want to play as Mega Man or do you want to play as sort of his rival base and so it, it's about your choice and your agency but with the stage select what I like about the music here is it's very ambivalent it doesn't seem happy or sad it's just kind of it's ambiguous. very wondrous it's very yeah, modal and it definitely gets you excited so I think it does its it, job but it well. also yeah it's like you have these with the Mega Man games you have this open choice of characters to fight and there really is no right. order there's no easy and no hard. It's just kind of up to you. And I, I feel like the music captures that player feeling really well. So we're going to move on to another piece that we've never played on the podcast. And this track is a little bit divisive. I've heard people um, kind of crap on this track. I, I think it's goofy. Um, I think it's a well-composed piece. And I think it works for what this is. Uh, basically, this could you could consider this a shop theme. So keep that in mind. It's Otto's shop from Rockman and Forte. Let's check it out. shop from Rockman in Forte and not the sound that we think of <laughs> when we think of this score so it's definitely a goofy little shop theme I don't think a lot of uh, time was necessarily put into this track I think I don't want to say it was a throwaway but it was not taken as seriously as a lot of the stage music was and rightly so you probably don't hear it as much and you don't hear it as long for sure uh, so I think it works as a shop theme. Yeah, I, I definitely think it works. Um, I, I think in any other soundtrack, uh, you wouldn't even give a preamble yeah, that's before true. a track like that. It's perfectly. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not even that annoying. It's just it's just a little generic. It's, it's a little goofy, sort of yeah. generic bluesy track. But I think that really sets the right tone, like for a Mega Man shop theme. That there's still mm -hmm. something sort of cutesy Japanese manga anime style about it where it doesn't it doesn't give me the connotations of like an american auto shop what i find but it's interesting like the cutesy version of it with this sort of bluesy progression and the high organ and it is a little generic but it's very charming and non-threatening yet it also has the feeling of like ruggedness of gears and well motors i think that it is a good track but i would not be surprised if you have been a fan of the series and you played every entry and all of a sudden this moment comes up. It's one of a few moments, to be honest, where it does feel like, is this Mega Man? This is a little bit out of place as far as how it feels. And so I totally understand uh, a little bit of that disconnect that some people See, might it's have. it's funny. I think if you made an 8-bit version with more staccato notes of that very melody, you could convince somebody that that's Manami Matsumai. 
like to me it feels right at home in that i guess if there was a shop theme in Mega Man (laughs) one maybe it would sound like that all right folks it's time so early in the episode to move on to this week's track of the week And it's pretty crazy going from Auto Shop to Museum, which is the opening stage of the game. And what a banger. This game starts out with a bang. Uh, I mean, this track is responsible for this game feeling so exciting when you start playing. I mean, it's, it's I think the best thing about the whole game is this piece of music. It's phenomenal. We've played it for years in the band. It's one of our favorite pieces. It's just so catchy, so groovy, has a really interesting and long form with some later sections that get kind of wandering and unexpected, but man, it is a Mercado Bros classic. Let's take a listen to Museum. You guys are listening to Museum from Rockman and Forte. This particular track was composed by Naoshi Mizuta. There's a few of the tracks on the score that we ha- we have specific crediting from various sources, uh, people scouring over the years. Um, Naoshi Mizuta didn't do a lot of music in the score. He did this. He did the title and a couple of the other themes we, we've already heard. Uh, he did the staff role, which is near the end of our episode, and he did, I think, at least one other stage theme. Uh, but the stuff he did, I mean, wow, is he setting the tone with this. Holy moly, this is amazing. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I, I just think it's a brilliant piece of music. It's just like from start to finish, it has me enthralled. Every yeah. chord change, every bit of composition. We've talked before about how uh, Mizuta-san is a bassist, and that, like, you, that 
so informs what's so appealing about this particular track. What the bass line is doing harmonically in terms of how it informs the chord progression, rhythmically in terms of that it's kind of melodic when it boom, ba, do, ba, bo, da, 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 yeah. do, where the it's cool like getting into that more baritone register. Oh, Mizuta's writing so is even if you didn't know he was a bassist, it's so obvious listening to it because the parts are very tasteful, but they feel like they're being performed. Uh, just the little subtleties, you know, if you guys are really nerdy like we are, <laughs> open up the SPC file and just listen to the drums and bass. Like, do yourself a favor. When he changes up the fills, like, it's such a minimal, simple, humble bass part, but it's incredibly also, funky and, and groovy. Is it crazy for me to say I love the drum sound? The drum like, samples the sound of the on Rockman and has Forte this, like, are some of my favorite. Roots, like piccolo snare like it has this hip-hop they're just really groovy and i think they really fit the tone of this of the soundtrack perfectly like whoever was responsible for picking those drum samples and all the other samples to be honest it just sounds so relaxing so pleasing it's just great the other amazing thing about this track, you know, the melody is so strong, hitting these principal chord tones. It's really One catchy, of the best. but it's also very heroic. Like, it feels like this is sort of the theme of Mega Man in this game. Yeah. And it's such a strong one. In that final section that is very soloistic and has an mm. improvisatory feel, what I love about it is that it's still catchy. It's so memorable. It is catchy. And you know what's really cool about that final section is there's not any other piece of video game music that has that chord progression. Literally, yeah. there's there's no other piece of VGM, maybe any other piece of music ever, that has that exact chord progression. It's incredibly unique. And when I first heard the track, I was really blown away by how long the form lasts. Because sometimes when you have a chord progression that is repetitive, like that final section is, it oscillates back and forth a few times. Uh, you kind of expect it to loop and this track, you expect it to loop way before it actually does. And yeah. how it finally you know, presents those last ideas before it loops right. couldn't be more exciting. It's so it's very interesting the way that it, it modulates for a brief time, but then comes back to the original key and yep. then stays in the original key for it's very asymmetrical, I guess mm-hmm. I'll say. And what I think is so brilliant as a piece of video game music is I feel like that asymmetry feels like there was a lot of, I imagine, trial and error uh around the loop point. I could see because that. what's so effective is it key changes back way before it loops. Where I think if if he tried to kind of modulate and then key change right around the loop, it it would like, it would get taxing on the ear. You would like hear every time you got around to that loop, it, it would feel sort of kind of awkward. And what I think is so great and why this progression works so well is you just sort of feel like that soloistic melody is driving everything. Yeah. That it's wanting to explore and go to these new territories in that it's almost, it, this track has such a band feel. It feels like it was worked yeah, out with I a group love, of musicians playing together. I love the early work, the early video game work of Mizuta. This as well as Street Fighter Alpha. Man, it's just such a fun time for him to compose VGM because you could have music that's a little bit more cheesy like this. I mean, 
the later stuff that he did, you know, the Final Fantasy series and some of the other RPG series that he did, he just unfortunately didn't have the opportunities to make this style of music very often. And so that's one thing that I love about his early work. Well, this next track we're going to play is a really relaxing piece. I think it's a nice change of pace. It's kind of a standout. It's called Database from Rockman and Forte. Let's check it out. You guys are listening to Database, which was another composition by Naoshi Mizuta, actually. Um, Yeah, this is a really cool piece of music. It's very different from everything else in the soundtrack, and I think that was very, very intentional. We have played this on the podcast before. One cool thing about this track is I think it has by far the best electric piano sound we've ever heard on the Super Nintendo. Here is, is very clearly a whirly sample and it's cool. I mean, I got to remember to go back to this track and, and, and sample this when I'm doing SNES stuff because it's very atmospheric, but also very catchy. I like it. It's great. Uh, it, it has that melodic ambience, or it's not really necessarily melodic, but just sort of appealing video game atmosphere that is a little bit David Wiseian. It also just, it reminds me of a lot of like N64 era music in general. Yeah, like, isn't that interesting? Of Star Fox 64. This is a very again, late SNES game. Yeah, it's, it's very appealing. There's also an aspect of this particular that yeah but 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 that makes me think of you like this seems like something i i could see you writing in a in a game well i'll Um, take that as a compliment i know that it's not like a not like it's like prototypical carl but there's just something about this composition and the smoothness i mean neoshi mizuda is my spirit animal so (laughs) i'll take that as a compliment he's so great yeah that moment where you get the augmented chord and with the major seventh, ooh, I love that sort of really, really good little bit of spice and crunch that uh, I feel like Mizuda injects into all of his music in this game. This next track is an absolute banger. It's Cold Man, and this was one that was composed by Akari Kaida. Let's check out Cold Man.
so, so good. This is Cold Man. It just makes me shiver with joy. This is composed by Akari Kaida from Rockman and Forte. And we spoke about this before, but one thing that's so phenomenal about this score is that all three of these composers, (laughs) definitely multiple examples of this, they're on the same page. They're going for the same sound, the same aesthetic. Uh, It's just really cool to to hear. You can tell these people are being inspired by each other's work because some of the same chord moves, some of the same groove ideas, I don't know. It's just really, really inspiring for me to know that this music comes from three different people. Yeah, incredible from start to finish. Again, like Museum, a brilliant melody, really interesting harmonies, and the interaction between the drum and bass. And Will, how about the use of This one is very different. The use yes. of dissonance oh, in Cold Man should almost My be studied in class. My favorite is that sort of augmented chord where it yeah. has like the root, the seventh, the third, the sharp five, and then the sharp nine it's at the so top. It's so cool. Oh, it's just I covered really this uh, track gorgeous. for Dwelling of Duels, and, and that chord was so fun. Every time that I got to that chord, I just, yeah, oh, you just dig into the it, you know? What? It's 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 such a great sound, and then one of my favorite is the ba 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 ba. It's it's sort of a, a melody that's going around a predictable jazz sequence, yet the chords are so dissonant, and yeah. it substitutes the sound of rather than going from like two five and then two five. It's this bizarre dominant chord where it's kind of like the minor four over the flat seven. Um, and then moving that down a jazzy sequence, uh, and the, the bass line is it's much like Mizuda's track is like informing so much of the harmony because mm-hmm. you have this fleshed out already kind of chromatic and interesting chord voicing just in almost like the keyboard or piano you know melody harmony voices, but the bass adds like an, a third layer of complexity to it and it just makes it and it's just executed with such craft and grace too it is because i think a lot of composers there'd be too many elements too much kind of the soup would spoil uh yeah. and this is just it it's excellent writing excellent voicing things don't get muddy in that low register i feel like the chords are spaced out in a way where they feel natural and they're sort of in the middle they don't get in the way of the melody yeah exactly but they don't get in the way of the bass line i do think museum has a better baseline in terms of like being its own melodic entity. It but feels more this performed. has such a great, this has, yeah, this has such a great baseline in the way that it's like a classic VGM baseline where it's really active and it's kind Especially of this at the predictable end. pattern. Across <laughs> that really cool fill at changes. the end. Uh, so this next track is a quirky one. And I believe this was composed by Horiyama and uh, not to say that the tracks he did were all quirky, um, but definitely he, he seemed to go in directions that we didn't hear the other two composers go in the soundtrack. I have some mixed feelings about this one. It's Burner Man. Let's check it out.
guys are listening to Burner Man, uh, composed by Toshihiko Horiyama. And what I find so fascinating about some of Horiyama's tracks is this is an example of one where I don't think there was any intent to try to match the sound and the style of some of the previous tracks, such as Cold Man or Museum. This is going for a completely different thing, and it's possible it was the developers asking him to do this. Um, Not every single stage theme should have the same vibe. I mean, these are all different robots that should have very different emotions and feels to their stage so it makes sense that there are some oddball tracks uh it's probably what the developers asked of horiyama but yeah it's definitely not like the thing that we particularly love about uh rockman and forte well not only is it not the thing we particularly love about rockman and forte i particularly don't love this piece of music I, i don't either i feel like it does a lot of things that i dislike um, it, and it's like it's 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 interesting. It's not like a it's I wouldn't call this bad music. It just does things um, that to me don't have the kind of taste that I would normally be looking for. It doesn't Especially feel in a crafted like this. to me the way and that me, some of the others there's do. There's too much melodic repetition. I like I, I love melodies that have repetition, but this repeats its notes in, from my perspective, kind of a clunky, haphazard way where it's like, ah, we're going to that thing again too much. Also, the drum and bass groove, in addition to just being really kind of hokey, which is fine mm-hmm. if you're going for like a polka thing, it's not really authentic to any particular idiom and it just comes off as sort of flashy and unnecessary it's almost like the piece of music was written without thinking about drums at all well and i think they were the, the nicest the way to describe this track is quirky it definitely is quirky it's an oddball for sure uh yeah and it is very strange to go from all this jazzy stuff to just such a simple like co- track using nothing but triads and we go right back <laughs> we're going right back to that. The next track we're going to play is back to the classic Rockman and Forte sound. It's such a good piece. Another stage theme here. It's Pirate Man. Here we go. gets back to the loop it's it's masterful this is pirate man from Rockman and forte and if i'm not mistaken kaida was the lead uh, quote unquote the lead composer as far as composing most of the score this is yet another kaida composition it's it's a really beautiful airy 
piece of music. I know this isn't Cold Man, but I feel like you could interchange so much music in the score to be Cold Man. Uh, this has a cold feeling as well, a shivering, beautiful, vast feeling to it. Yeah. I love the melody, love the instrument choice, love the panning. I also love uh, harmonically, just in terms of structure, if you take it outside of this fusiony context, and again, that great drum sound that's adding so much energy, it's a really melancholic and sort of forlorn composition. It it's, is. It, it's sad, it's regretful, it's mm-hmm. sophisticated, but it's, again, amazing melodic craftsmanship. And what's cool about this track is I feel like it... And, I mean, again, there is no one particular order. Museum does come first in the game. It's sort of like your prologue stage. So it comes before you're able to choose. You yeah. know, but once you get to that stage select, I think you're given a choice of three. I remember it being Ground Man, Cold Man... Uh, Astroman, maybe, and mm. one other person. Maybe yeah, we've Verner talked Man. about this at some point on the podcast, the different ways of getting back to a loop. But one thing I love about this track is the form starts on a flat six chord, and the end of the cadence is on a dominant five. And so you're looping from the five to the, to the six, and that has an emotional quality that is different when you hear it. So when you hear the five to the six, that six all of a sudden now feels different than when you yeah. started the piece of music on the six. And and I think that's yes. one of the really effective things about looped VGM is that you can recontextualize the first chord the second time. And it's just, yeah, this is a perfect example yeah, of that. Yeah, because that arpeggio, that's a great point, Carl, that arpeggio in, intentionally is outlining kind of a sus chord. And what's right. great about suspended chords, like if I, to give an example, you could think of the notes C, F, G, and then repeating again, C, F, G, C, F, G, C, F, G, mm-hmm. is suspended chords are so ambiguous. That, that would be, you'd think of that as a sus four You chord. don't know if it's major or minor. Um, in C, yet you could think of that as an F chord with a sus two, so that G is replacing the A natural. So what's cool about suspended chords is they're very ambiguous and they can be used in different contexts. And I think what's so great about that arpeggio is how little it needs to change across the progression. And yeah, I, yeah that's a great point writing. that it's like you the first time you hear it, um, you're sort of unclear a little bit as to the key is this a, a one chord or you know are we hearing the the six and yeah it's what a an awesome very track. elegant yeah beautiful it's one of interesting. my favorites this is one where the bass writing is so simple it's just that sort of repeated eighth note kind of bass line but as effective as ever because i think the drum it's part perfect. is so intricate having something to play against it that's this pulsing element really does a great job to emphasize the syncopation and the forward motion it's like these are action games but the the 16 bit mega man games do control and feel a little bit slower than the nes games so i feel like the music is is helping the illusion to feel and that's more the last action-y. thing will I'm glad you brought it up is the choice of having a bass part that's just hitting the and then the the drums doing it got to do to do got to got to do to do got it's a really great combination. Yeah, definitely. And it's like that mixture of simplicity and complexity that can sometimes just really hit the spot and is a a tried and true thing in so much game music. I mean, even even tracks that have uh, a baseline that isn't like that, oftentimes some sort of repeated 
pulsing note like that, whether it's in the tenor or alto or even higher registers, like it's so effective in music like this that's meant to, for a side scroller at least, you know, you want forward motion. You want to feel like you're constantly moving in a direction. Let's move on to one of my favorite tracks, not just from this score, but a track that was so inspiring to me for so many years as a composer. I love this track. It's Ground Man. You guys listening to Ground Man, such a cool and confident piece of music. Kaida's use of dissonance on the soundtrack is just beyond confident. I mean, it's like you get to a certain point in your life as a composer, we've all been there, when we really get fascinated with dissonance and spice and how can we inject that in a tasteful way. And Kaida's compositions on this score need to be studied if you're at all interested in Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I and love I'm, all of her work. Uh, she actually went on to, to work on the Breath of Fire series, uh, Breath of Fire 3. Uh, she did stuff in the Onimusha series. Some other Mega Man games, Luminous Arc. She is amazing. Yeah, there's so many things. I think study is exactly right. It's like it's such an excellent composition and it's a great example of something that breaks a lot of the supposed rules that a lot of us are told about, you know. It absolutely I, does. I think when a lot of people learn a music theory concepts, they often perceive that they know more than they really do so they're getting a very basic level and really what they're learning is how music from hundreds of years ago was uh can be analyzed and they're not really Mm -hmm. learning good common practice things yet i think a lot of those ideas do persist the idea of like oh you should avoid parallel fifths in a composition or avoid parallel fourths uh, you know, because it, it doesn't create that feeling of um, independence of voices or whatever. But, you know, as we've talked about many times, blatant use of parallel fourths and fifths is part of why we love the sound of not only rock music, but particularly the way I feel like a lot of Japanese composers write in fourths. And mm-hmm. Kaida in this track uses a hard edge not to it. only yeah the, that edge of this sort of planing open sound but the way she splits through timbre and panning you know there's that sort of primitive 8-bit sounding square wave synth on the more on the left channel that's being harmonized with the melody and it's such intricate writing where it's hitting the most powerful chord tones in the progression yet so it tasteful. also has its own intrinsic shape that's appealing and i feel like what she proves is that you can have independence of voices even if it's entirely parallel fifths maybe yeah. it has to do more with how that's treated in the arrangement i think and it's I, a great that's point. why i just think it's like 
you, you, when you, especially listening on headphones, this is a piece of music that you can just get lost in. And on top of that, it's just, we don't need to use any of these words. It's just, it's just catchy. Cool, it's man. a banger. It's, it's one of the so coolest fun tracks to to. ever. Uh, let's move on to the next on our playlist. Uh, Will, would you say Tenju Man or Tengu Man? I would probably say Tengu. Tengu Man from Rockman and Forte. Gorgeous piece of music. Tengu Man from Rockman and Forte has a quality that Pirate Man has in that it's sad. There's a sadness to this melody, but the bass and drums are frolicking around and they're smiling at each other. You know, these these 16-bit robotic drums and bass players that don't exist (laughs) in the real world. They're just having such a fun time and it's such a funky piece of music uh, and I love that combination that's something I think of a lot yeah with Rockman and Forte in my own music is can I have this duality and emotion like can you have an incredibly intricate and funky drum and bass part with a melody that's long and simple and maybe even tragic it's yeah. something that is very appealing to me yeah I think I would definitely describe um the sound of Rockman and Forte. And I feel like a lot of the 16-bit Mega Man games as describing a sad robot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. the, the the mix of fusion sounds and styles. But I think that's a... It's kind of like as the character of Mega Man maybe started to evolve and started there started to be a lot more like text and speech and explicit narrative in the games over the years. I think the music having some more maybe emotional depth beyond being satisfying to run and gun in this colorful environment, which is where I think a lot of the 8-bit Mega Man succeed in characterizing the locale and the feeling for the player. But where I think some of the 16-bit Mega Mans can really succeed is in adding that layer of uh, emotional complexity to the character of Mega Man himself, or base, depending on who you're playing as. One thing that, the last thing I'll say before we move on here is, there's a reason why this score sounds this way, not just because Mega Man 8 opened the door for it. It was written later. I mean, it's more in the 3264-bit generation. Uh, and so there's a lot of other scores that, I don't know, it just it fits that era. I mean, if you go back to X2 or Mega Man 7, that was a few years before that. And so the difference in what kinds of video games we were getting in 98 versus 94 or 95 pretty significant uh so i think that is something that needs to be said let's move on to a a change of pace for sure this is magic man
fun. You guys are listening to Magic Man. Very much a change of pace, especially in the order of the score that we're experiencing today. It's a really well-composed piece. It's it's goofy and plucky, but it has a lot more craft to it um, <laughs> than uh, something like Burner Man did. Uh, this is surprisingly a Naoshi Mizuda composition, and I think it's interesting to hear something that was clearly the developers wanted a very specific sound. They probably right. t- went to Mizuda and said, "We need to, we need you to make like a carousel yes. kind of a track," and. and it- to hear it's that perfect. translated <laughs> through Mizuda's mind is a real treat. It's authentically classical, um, and I think the writing is really strong. There are some, again, breaking the rules elements to it, but yeah. that's what's amazing about video game music, certain suspensions that don't resolve. Um, but it, it, in general, it, it's a. I think this piece speaks for itself because it's so idiomatic. Well, Will, you it's know so what much I find in fascinating. a particular style. And, and I'm not... If I'm not mistaken, this is another track that is divisive. I think there's people that that don't like this and think it's annoying and not Mega I'm Man. Sure, especially I understand in context. That. Um, I think this is actually a very well composed piece of music. But however, whoever's idea it was to go for what I would imagine a carousel. <laughs> but, track. Yeah, I think what people might not like about a track like this is the idea of it. Um, but I think exactly. My critiques with Burner Man weren't the idea of the composition. Sure, right. maybe that, but that's sort of obvious. My critiques were more about how the melody was written, the the particulars of what the different instruments were doing in the arrangement. It just sounded sloppy and a little bit off to me. Where this yeah. track, to me, it, it's like stylistically not what I would choose or not what I would expect from this soundtrack. But in terms of the the musical execution of all the elements, I, I have no beef. I think this is a great melody. I think the the writing is really strong. It's very appealing and memorable. Uh, and I do think, in terms of my memory of the game, I think it actually fits the stage. And it's a nice bit of variety to have something that's so pastiche. Uh, I do remember this being kind of a frustrating stage, so it also <laughs> falls into that category of like game music that's annoying because it feels like the game is like laughing at you. Yeah, that's rough. So the last two, uh, I'll call them man tracks we have for the day, are darker, and they're really cool. They're kind of unsung. I don't know if we've played either of these before on the podcast. Uh, we're starting off with a Mizuta composition and then following it with a Kaida composition, they're both really cool, really different, a little more ominous, especially this first one. This is Astro Man.
You guys are listening to Astro Man, which is so cool and bold. We were saying while listening to it that it reminds us more of orchestral music or film music than video game music, yet it has this, <laughs> this funky groove to it. This is definitely an underrated, underappreciated jam in Rockman Forte. Part of it is because it's very ominous. You can tell how it was placed in the soundtrack and just the tone that this was intended to be something if you were to experience all the stages in a specific order this is intended to be one of the final stages you play well it's so ambiguous because of its use of quartal harmony harmonies built on a ascending series of fourths as opposed to tertian harmony built on thirds which is where we get most of our triads i gotta say i love this track <laughs> me too it's it's really strong it's very rich in mood uh, it's very rich in dissonance. What's cool is we're getting some of those same, like that sound of the sharp nine augmented chord with the the dominant seventh in it that we were talking about before. You get chords similar or almost identical to that in this track, yet outside of the context of like a melodic pop jazz fusion track, it doesn't sound jazzy at all. It, it sounds very moodful and almost classical. This sounds like if, you know, Stravinsky wanted to start like a fusion band or something like it, <laughs> it has a little bit of that mixture of 20th century concert music with jazz and this is the area where kind of like progressive harmony starts to blur the lines between genres but so fitting well you know what's cool about a medium like these this. last two man tracks Astro Man and Dino Man is I feel like these are tracks that could actually resonate with certain people the most there's definitely some people i can imagine listening to the score and be like oh yeah it's it's kind of nice but maybe it's not their cup of tea as much but these tracks they're definitely more reminiscent of other types of score and so i could just see certain people really really digging them something that i just want to be clear when i talk about harmony in fourths it isn't just about literally like moving diatonically in a key in fourths it means that our whole concept of keys is kind of not how it's so you have ba ba and you have ba ba like you have the the thing harmonized in parallel fourth so right. if one note moves down you know a half step the fourth below or above will move down a half step as well it's, it's not so cool, accommodating man. a diatonic scale so you get this sound of of really surprising notes and it feels like every chord change is this whole wash of sound and it's it's very dreamlike well, let's move on to what feels like if they got to choose the order, this would be the last regular stage. It's such a cool track. It's composed by Akari Kaida. Let's take a listen to Dynamo Man.
God, I gotta say Akari Kaida's music is so flippin' confident. The stuff that she goes for, she just lands. I mean, she sticks the landing every time. This is Dynamo Man, and to me, it's like, I like to imagine a world where she was hearing, this is the second time where this has happened to me today, where she's hearing Astro Man, and she's like, ooh, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do something that will follow that up. Because both of these tracks, they're from different people, and they're both... They have a similar quality to them. They're more dissonant, they're more ominous. Dynamo Man here is a, a lot more fun, I would say, than Astro Man. It, it's having a really good time <laughs> with itself. I love this well, track. That blend of strong, melodic confidence on top of bed of sophisticated and well-crafted jazz chords, jazz Dude, harmony. that arpeggio is just the best i love the it's arpeggios so in this track the way that it breaks the pattern it isn't yeah. just it's like yeah. where it breaks from that sequence and plays notes it starts to actually have a kind of robotic <laughs> sound to it like it's almost random or something oh which is it's like it's like it's very minimalist in that sense where it's kind of about these patterns and where they change and it's very mechanical sounding how good is rock man and forte right i mean it's like just great every time i go back to it and listen to all these together it's just like Oh, we just are so in love. We fell in love with it so long ago, before there was Mercado Bros, before we had a podcast. We were just kids playing playing games on on an emulator. We just absolutely right. fell in love with this music, and we still love it. Totally. Well, and the, the use of kind of fourth-spaced harmony here. Here it almost sounds like a kind of almost that you know you could voice uh, a stack of uh, fourths like let's say you had c f and b flat you could voice that as b flat c f and then you get again it's the same as that sort of suspended chord or sus chord we were talking about so the idea of moving a sus chord in full parallel that's kind of like what koji kondo does in the theme of the falling rain from right. Link to the past but what's cool about here is like you get some really dissonant outside things where it's like that uh, arpeggio is so in disagreement with that cluster and it's so chromatic and outside of the key we think we're in. And it's so it's so like cool. it's, bl- it's getting to that darkness that we were hearing in Astro Man of these unrelated pitches and chords. Uh, yet this is putting it in still the framework yeah. of like a melodic, catchy, rock, upbeat track. Well, this is cool. Most of the stage themes were quite relaxing and pleasing. Um, And this is a perfect contrast. This is when we get to the boss. This is Boss Battle. And watch out, everyone. This is from Rockman and Forte, composed by Horiyama. Here we go. guys listening to boss battle very short very simple uh this is classic Mega Man boss music this actually reminds me of a boss theme that could fit in a lot of (laughs) games in the series it's not something that is you're supposed to really enjoy necessarily i mean it's a very tense moment and i think this fits fits the boss perfectly 
Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's much more melodic and like it's much more of like a tune than I would expect from something like this. I feel like there's a lot of mispotential in this track, though, because I, yeah. though I like the melody in the general progression, the arrangement is kind of boring, the way that everything is just hitting these sort of repeated notes. Mm-hmm. Yet the timbres and instruments themselves aren't as threatening as they could be. I feel like if you if you com- if you contrast this arrangement with the title theme with all those orchestra hits and that heaviness, I think something more akin to that sound that's more aggressive. Well, what I find interesting is like the the sound and the instrument palette of Rockman and Forte is jazz fusion. We can all agree on that. And I actually think a boss battle theme that was written in a jazz fusion style with dissonance and you know threatening chords and stuff would have been way more effective and would have felt more natural than this. This track seemed to be compositionally unaware of what the instruments were going to be. And so it, it a little bit of a mismatch maybe. Yeah, I I think that's probably a good point, you know, it's like something like this would um, compositionally fit really well in maybe the Mega Man X games and probably would sound better with that instrumental palette, but I still think there's enough tracks uh, in this soundtrack that show that I think with maybe more time and uh, a different approach to the arrangement, I think this composition could work even better as a boss It is fascinating how this soundtrack, I mean, it's not flawless. Like, in some ways, the tracks that kind of miss a step here and there make me more grateful for the Cold Mans, the Museums, you know, (laughs) the Tengu Mans. I mean, it's like, it just makes you realize that, wow, there were some masterpieces that were written here. Right. Well, I think what it, it definitely shows that Rockman and Forte is an example of excellent musicianship i mean we know you know naoshi mizuda is one of the greatest video game composers of all time uh and akari kaida is is up there i think up there i mean this the the musical compositions in this score are so great that being said how they work in terms of scoring a video game and and how this particular video game stacks up against the others in its series and in its genre you know it isn't a flawless product most people don't know this game because it's not like it's the greatest Mega Man game ever right. made. And and if it sounds like we're ragging on Toshihiko Horiyama, all I want to say is the tracks that he composed for this game, I don't love. And I feel like do not have really every single one of them because I was listening to them specifically before making the playlist and all of the ones that feel a little bit off or to feel like they don't capture that quality that we've been raving about happen to be his tracks. And so I, I think he's a good composer. I think he's done outstanding work before. For whatever reason, in this game, it seems like maybe he just wasn't communicating as well with the others or wasn't following maybe some of some of their instincts and some of their choices as much. And so that is very fascinating to hear. Let's move on to another medley of short pieces of music. This is... New Weapon Presentation and Seals. Here we go.
How cool is that? Wow, you guys are listening to New Weapon Presentation followed by Seals. Talk about dissonance. I mean, I, I really love some of the bold, surprising choices that these composers um, went for on the soundtrack at different moments. I mean, these little jingles are really easy to gloss over. Um, I could imagine some people not even playing them if they're focusing on the score, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think they're, both of these jingles that we just heard are, are really cool for very different reasons. Well, and one of the things that's so amazing about music that I just don't think we talk about or celebrate enough is that music can really make you feel scared. Absolutely. Even without resorting to, you know, extended techniques, noise, sound design types of music, like just within the context of the 12 pitches of the chromatic scale, uh, you can make some really scary stuff. I mean, I remember when I, when I used to babysit for uh, our our cousins' kids when um, they were pretty young. I remember I, at the time I was working on uh, music for Child of the Chozo, and I was trying to come up with ideas for kind of. I knew I wanted this sort of spooky intro to the um, the kind of final boss for the sixteen bit segment of the right. album and so i was i was playing on their piano after i put them to sleep um and there's a yeah da 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 yeah da 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 da, da. and it's like these kind of creepy chords and harmonies and isaac actually <laughs> came down the stairs and he said willie don't play scary music it makes me too scared and <laughs> i was hilarious. like wow that's amazing that just notes on a piano can make a child feel the afraid context and it's there. like man that's it's amazing like, it's, it's a power it made me feel like wow i need to wield you know music with caution because it's an it's uncle ben moment a for sure tool yeah. uh, all right we're approaching the end of the episode this one is another kind of oddball track um it's one of the final stages it's king castle from rockman and forte guys are listening to king castle composed by horiyama from rockman and forte and it's very clear that we're approaching the end of this adventure there's uh one or two final stage themes uh one of them were at least one of them were not we don't have time for on today's episode so yeah there is a, a couple pieces here and there uh that we actually didn't play today so if you're a fan of the soundtrack you can check those out um yeah, there's some qualities of this track that I like. I mean, that B section's nice. I, I like the use of the electric guitar sample. There's there's some good choices here 
It's kind of an interesting uh, mix of, of different choices on this track. Yeah, I feel very similarly to this that I do about the boss battle. I feel like it's yeah. a strong composition in a lukewarm arrangement. Uh, some of the, like the, the melody on that guitar sample, it, it pushes it to a range that it no longer feels believable. Uh, right. Sonically, some of this feels a little thin, but I think the underlying composition is great. It's very this strong. This is one that I feel like, again, I'd love a, a rearrangement of it. It would right. be cool if, if someone could arrange this track in the style of something like Cold Man or Ground Man. You know? Yeah, kind of the Mizuto or Kaida approach <laughs> in a way. All right, I've been so excited to get to this track for a long time. Uh, stick around for our play out, everyone, um, because that's another medley, actually. But before we get to that, we got to end the day with a really strong Naoshi Mizuta banger. It's the staff roll. So imagine you just you just beat the final boss, and this is what you're treated to. Here we go. This, I've decided, is my second favorite track on the whole score. I'm in love with Staff Roll, composed by Neoshi Mizuta. Oh my god, there's so much to say about this one. I mean, we could spend an hour on it. I mean, the combination and the juxtaposition of the complexity, the, the crunch that this track has harmonically, rhythmically, arrangement-wise, with the sweetness and the innocence of that melody is so incredibly appealing and well, it could describes, only come from the mind of Naoshi Mizuta. And it describes so much of what I love about this soundtrack, that blend of elements. Uh, it's What's so appealing to me about this is this melody sounds like, you know, it, it would be right at home in like Guys and Dolls or something. Like it's just, it's yeah. so, or any old, 
you know, Broadway show from kind of the golden era, like a Rogers Hammerstein kind of melodically. It's very pure and it's very old fashioned jazz. Yet these chords are more almost like bebop chords. Like they're well, really and then crunchy, edgy. Another thing, I mean, there's so many things I love, but the final section where it's very wandering and repetitive, it is the same. It's He has more energy in his museum tank. I mean, it's the it's very similar ideas that he right. did at the last section of museum. And so it's really cool that he's going back to that that style. But Except yeah, what I mean, I love we got to talk about the bass This is this writing. sort of swung 6-8 jazz waltz thing. So it's, it's such like, a good shuffle. And the yeah. bass, like how much space he has. He has so much space and it really, again, feels like you're hearing a bass player approach this uh, really funky bass well, And line. that polyrhythm that you're hearing the those really yeah. syncopated dun, offbeats, dun, but dun, in this dun, consistent, dun. like almost like triplets, uh, triplet offbeats or something that yeah, it's this so is stable. Probably in my top five of all time staff roll tracks. I'll be honest yeah, with you. It's, it's, it's so unique. It's really well composed. Uh, yeah. Melody and harmony. It, it, it has kind of everything that I love about Rockman and Forte yet energy wise and tempo wise it's a lot slower it's way more chilled out but in terms of the musical elements here i feel like it has so much of what you know we love about this game which is why i think it's a perfect track to end on i absolutely agree and we're doing kind of a fun and unique play out for you all it's a medley of major boss battle and game over. <laughs> so a really fun final thing to send you on your way from Rockman and Forte. What an outstanding and unique soundtrack. There's nothing else like it in all of video games. There's some missteps, some awkward moments here and there, but there are some absolute jams, all-time classics. I'm so glad we finally got to spotlight on this. Well, and it's also, uh, th- there aren't a lot of games that sound like its music was worked out in with a live band in mind and so much right. of this music just feels so authentic and playable and it's so fun to cover speaking as like yeah the fact that we do play this particular museum you know and i've covered our Coleman band, by myself yeah it's and we should do that too it's pretty um incredible just how well the exact and not just the the core idea of these tracks but literally everything about them every every note transcribed authentically does translate well, well can you imagine into a live band setting how incredibly fun and satisfying it would be to do a rockman and forte mini medley part of our set like not just for us but for the audience you do museum followed by cold man followed by ground man i mean get out of here that would just oh that would feel so good i mean i would and love then to maybe followed medley. by staff roll yeah for sure we'll think That'd about be a that good yeah well guys thanks for joining us on this very long overdue spotlight you got anything to plug at the end here will uh, just in case anyone hasn't yet listened to, we recently released Volume 2 of Hero of Legend. This time it's called Hero of Legend, A Season of Shadow. It's available on Apple Music, Spotify, and on Bandcamp. To anyone who uh, gets it on Bandcamp, um, and it is pay what you want there, you can also get the included PDF, which has more of Carlos's incredible artwork, as well as some of the pros and stuff but yeah we've just been so happy with the response for this album that Very really has so. been many years in the making and uh I, i'm just yeah i'm still kind of glowing from 
that release and it it's still just so special to think that you know we have all of you all of our listeners to thank for the fact that we have any audience at all that uh listens to the music that carl and marty and i make Uh, we really appreciate it everybody all of you who have supported us we really appreciate all of you i think that's it my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out